Hello all, welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for CSing.com. I am your host, R.D. Kulik, and with me today is, it's the Cartoon Express. There's no Tina, there's no Ty, it's just me. This is the time of the year where everybody that has kids, we're all dealing with spring break one way or the other. And I originally thought, you know what, maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll uh, not do a podcast this week. But I had this one that I've been working on that is is a good solo one because I have a lot of music to play. Last summer, when Ty and I were both on really wild schedules, I did a bunch of shows, one on PSAs and another one on 1980s cartoon theme songs and just kind of doing my own personal top 10 countdown. What I thought were the best songs as an adult, as I look back, what are the songs that slap? What are the banners? What are the best ones out there? So I thought I'd do that again because the one I did last summer in the summer of 2022 was all the cartoons that were made to sell toys. G.I. Joe, Transformers, I know Brave Star was in there, Centurions. This was a situation, I talked about it on our G.I. Joe episode, I talked about it on our He-Man episode, where in order to sell these toys, they were making, in G.I. Joe's case, they were making a comic book and a cartoon. But for the most part, they would have these toys on the shelves and they would make these cartoons. So I wanted to go visit the cartoons that were not necessarily selling toys. Now, I'm going to be really pushing the boundaries of what that means. And I know some of you are going to be like, okay, wait a second here, Cobb. This was definitely, as a matter of fact, one of the things on here is something we're still buying today. But the way I looked at this is these were either cartoons that were created wholly on their own and then something came out of them, except for one very notable case. But when I get to that, I'll talk about what that is because it's not really a toy that it's selling. And I know a lot of these things I'm going to be talking about, there were toys, but they came out because the cartoons were successful. In the case of G.I. Joe or He-Man or Mask or anything like that, the toys were there and the cartoons were there to sell the toys. These cartoons kind of created their own thing, and then maybe they got popular enough that toys were made of them. So I hope that makes perfect sense for everyone. Also, I want to say I... I've been doing research on this podcast for a little bit, and so a lot of these songs I picked was because of the construct of the songs. There's a lot, and again, I'm going to have one exception in here, but there'll be a reason I have it. But I don't have anything like Voltron in here. So if you listen or you go back to watch the old Voltron show, the introduction was some music in the background, but it was kind of explaining the plot. The one thing that I am sad that I'm not playing Voltron, you don't get to hear about how there was a war going on and it said the good planets of the solar system. So even if we go back then to the nine planets, let's just say eight. I don't know which ones are good. I can sure as hell tell you that Venus and Mars are probably bad. Also Uranus. Sorry, I just could not help myself. This is what happens when I do this alone. Let's let's get to the countdown, okay? Enough of this goofing around here. You're all like, let's get to the fireworks factory. So here's the fireworks factory. So the first one I put on here was one that I I struggled with for a little while because honestly, it wasn't a cartoon I really watched as a kid. But to say that it's not had any influence on myself or the world in general, plus the things I've learned in time about this particular cartoon makes me think I should go back to watch it. But the 1985 series, Gem and the Holograms. Now, I know some of you are saying, but there were Gem toys. No, I don't think there was. When I was looking through, Gem was kind of made. Now, it was made by... Sunbow, who was also doing G.I. Joe and Transformers, and I know in G.I. Joe, I don't know about Transformers, there's a news character, a newscast character named Hector Ramirez, 
And he's in the very first episode of Gem. So that means the as Hector Ramirez. So that means the Gem world and the G.I. Joe world share each other. Now, the G.I. Joe theme song, I've made my love known for and things like that. But you're going to see when you if you listen to these two podcasts back to back, the songs I play on this one are phenomenally better songs. And considering Gem is supposed to be about this fictional rock band, I thought I would start my countdown with the theme song to Gem and the Holograms. Nice, tight little tune. First off, you know her name is Jem, and she's outrageous. And then you get the little break in there with the misfits talking about how their song is better, or their songs are better. And it just, it, it tells you what it needs, but it has that great backing beat to it. And that's why Jem is definitely one of the 10 best cartoon theme songs, non-toy division of the 1980s. Now I'm going to go a little, I, I don't know if this would be called a deep cut or not. I remember particularly a friend of mine really, really liked this show a lot. And, you know, some of the other people are going to say, you don't have Pinky and the Brain on here. And no, I know it's very iconic, the Pinky and the Brain. But you're going to see the songs I have on here are much better technical songs. So this one here, it's from the cartoon Danger Mouse. And it was kind of a like a James Bond spinoff. I don't even know if it was on any of the regular channels. I wanted to say it was on like PBS maybe or something like that. I don't remember really seeing much of it until the later 80s cable days with things like um, the Cartoon Network or something like that. But when I go back and I think about it, and like I said, a friend that really, really liked this show a lot, when I was doing research and the song kept showing up on people's lists or people talking about it, I'm like, you know, I got to listen to it. And I'm going to tell you guys, take a listen yourself, and I think you're going to agree it definitely belongs on this list. It sounds like a James Bond theme if it was made for, like, kids that were knew something about James Bond. Also, Danger Mouse was, like, early 80s. I think it was 81 when it first came out. It, it does. It's got that, um, was it Bassey? I, I can't remember. Cheryl Bassey? I can't remember her first name. But it definitely has this kind of late 60s, early 70s James Bond feel to it, which I think is great because something that I'm going to defend 80s cartoons forever, if you listen to our G.I. Joe episode, or even when I was on Joe on Joe, I'm talking about adult relationships that as an eight-year-old, I'm seeing on these things. So I'm always going to defend these cartoons, but they're not dumbing it down. One day I'm going to do the worst 
cartoon themes from my son's lifetime. Because God, you go, you listen to things like. Not everything could be SpongeBob, okay, people. You listen to things like Thomas the Train Engine or Tank Engine or whatever the heck you're supposed to call it. It's awful. Or Super Y or Daniel Tiger. I mean, there's Word Girl. I'll give it up to Word Girl. That's for another time. Danger Mouse had this more, again, it was harkening back to something that if you were a parent at this time, if you were like 30 years old in 1981 and you heard that, you would immediately think, oh, this is like James Bond. So I give it a lot of credit. Now, here's my controversial one. When I was first thinking about doing this list, I thought this was going to be number one. I was like, oh, this has got to be the best non-toy, maybe one of the best cartoon theme songs. Now, I'm going to tell you, full disclosure, for when I do all-time cartoon theme songs, I'll probably do that one with Ty. Scooby-Doo's number one, but Scooby-Doo is not 1980s. If I think of the most iconic cartoon theme songs, this is one that immediately comes to mind. And I'll tell you, as I went through this list... And sometimes I popped it off of my list. You're going to see why when I play it. You're going to hear it immediately. Let's go ahead and play the next 1980s cartoon theme on my list here is the theme to Inspector Gadget. reason that th- that song is on this list is because the instrumental part of that song is absolutely outstanding. It slaps like it's slapping the slappiest. I mean, it is so good. And, but it, we all have this memory of the inspector gadget type thing. But that's it. I mean, the He-Man theme song is, or like during the show of He-Man, the only words are He-Man, but it's always like He-Man, 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 He-Man. But it's also like 10 seconds, okay? This, I, I don't know if it was you. Maybe you were like, oh, come on, Cobb. There, that, that, is, that is iconic. That is great. That instrumental, instrumental track absolutely puts it as one of the 10 best. But I just, I, I just, I found myself getting bored. And again, a lot of it, we're listening to it, not watching it at the time we were watching it. And these, these openings like tell a story or something like that. But yeah, whatever. Before I go on, I do want to talk about something really quick here because I know this is what a lot of people are going to say. The Simpsons premiered in the 1980s. And The Simpsons, again, when I talk about the greatest cartoon themes ever, it's going to be up there. But you're going to see as I talk about this, and you guys may say, well, you know, Danger Mouse maybe was for an older audience. The Simpsons was was for adults. From the get-go, it was for adults. I kind of kind of separating that out. Again, it's before the time, but like the Flintstones is another one. It's a primetime cartoon. 
I would kind of separate those out away from things like Hong Kong Fui or the aforementioned Scooby-Doo or anything like that. So I wanted, for those of you, I wanted to get this out of the way early that are like, come on, we know the fireworks factory is going to be the Simpsons theme. It's not. Now let's get to the next song here. This is the fourth song I'm going to talk about. And I am, this is the one that you're going to tell me I'm breaking my rule on. Because this song, this cartoon was made to sell a product. But that product was not a toy. Okay. And look, the 1980s were a weird time. Okay. And a lot of these cartoons that, uh, that we were, that were around were selling you a lot of strange stuff or were, were putting these strange things in there. I mean, Thundercats, an all time banner of a song, it was you just, if I had explained the cartoon Thundercats to you, my brain would break and then yours would too. But to have such, in my opinion, an incredible song to come from just such a a callous corporate grab, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I'm going to play the song first, and then we're going to talk about it. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. song could have been on ABC's TGI Friday in front of any of their shows. Something like A Perfect Strangers or Family Matters or anything like that. Disney's The Gummy Bears. For the life of me, the Smurfs that have been around forever have this very just basic ba la 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 how can the gummy how i want to know i mean just wait till we're going to be doing a podcast soon on the cleveland browns cinematic universe and talk about just an 80s band that just a song that did not belong anywhere in the program that does not belong in the cartoon about the gummy bears okay and you watch it and it's like some dungeons and dragons you know for little kids preschool set type thing but that song i mean i i cannot for the life of me think about how Whoever they got to do it, they brought him in the studio and they said, okay, with all your heart and all your emotion, sing about the gummy bears. <laughs> that is, that is awesome. I mean, I am, you're going to see like the songs I put ahead of it are just, they're better, but that is the most inspired one. That is got to be one of the craziest things that I've ever seen to come out of like pop culture is the theme song to the adventures of the gummy bears. Okay, before we move on. I want to do another long-distance dedication. This is uh, not necessarily a song that was on the list, but a song that uh, for this uh, this listener felt like it needed to be included for one reason or the other, because we don't want it to get lost to time, and this podcast is definitely the best way that we can preserve our great-grand memories of 1980s cartoons with everyone. So let me get the letter out of here. Dear 
Dear R.D., I was really moved by your show on the cartoons of the 1980s and all of the toys that they sold. I had plenty of those toys myself, and I was very grateful to every week be able to jam out, do a little dance, and watch my toys play. The problem is we don't get to see a lot of our video games play. And much like our the, the movies of today, we don't get a lot of great video game movies or anything like that. I felt like cartoons was never fully represented. Just take a look at the Legend of Zelda cartoon and you'll know exactly what I mean. But there was in 1989 the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. And not only did the Super Mario Brothers Super Show have the adventures of Mario, Luigi, Princess, Toadstool, and uh, I don't know if he's even called Bowser at the time. I think he was called like King, King Koopa or whatever. But they had little sections at the beginning and the end that had all the greatest stars of our time, like Cindy Lauper and the kid from Family Ties. So if you could please, as my long-distance dedication, to make me go back to a time when video games could make great television, yes, even better than The Last of Us, could you play the theme to, could you play the theme to the Super Mario Brothers Super Show? Signed, Ryan Kulik, St. Louis, Missouri. So, Ryan, I'm going to give it up to you, and then I'm going to have a little something to say about it. So, folks, here is the theme to the probably not well-known Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! We're with the Mario Brothers, and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. So hang on to your seat Get ready for adventure and remarkable feats You'll meet the Koopas and Troopers The Princess and the others Hanging with the plumbers You'll be hooked on the brothers to the Yes, folks, there, that was a low-grade, I guess, rap, hip-hop song surrounding the Mario Brothers with all the Mario Brothers sound effects. I can tell you, I when my son was younger, they had this show on Netflix, and he used to watch it all the time. Still a big fan of the Mario Brothers, and the show's terrible. <laughs> it's really terrible. And if you think of the legend of the Mario Brothers and everything that's happened in the years since, I think this was made around the time Super Mario Brothers 2 was out. So, yeah, it was pretty terrible. That song was, I don't know if you're going to thank me or want to punch me the next time you see it, but I understand. So let's get back to the countdown. So before I close close out this first half, I, there's, um, there's a particular show or song I wanted to play. And again, just these weird things. You're going to notice most of these are from like Disney property, something that Disney had owned. And they had all these different little things. And I don't, for the life of me, I don't think this was Disney. For a long time, I think I did. As a matter of fact, its production company was the same production company as Danger Mouse. But it was the show Count Duckula. Now, what's great about this theme song is it combines what Voltron does with explaining kind of the plot of what it is. And then it just goes into this banger of a tune. Don't believe me? Hear it for yourself. Castle Duckula. Home for many centuries to a dreadful dynasty of vicious vampire ducks. The Counts of Duckula. 
Legend has it that these foul beings can be destroyed by a stake through the heart or exposure to sunlight. This does not suffice, however, for they may be brought back to life by means of a secret rite that can be performed once a century when the moon is in the eighth. The latest reincarnation did not run according to plan. <laughs> While I was playing the song, I actually looked it up. It is a spinoff from Danger Mouse, so I guess it makes sense. Same production company. I think it's great. They explain, you see the visual that it's all these these evil vampires and they accidentally put ketchup in creating the new one. And he turns into a vegetarian and all this stuff in this Count Ducula. But it's not Vincent Price, but the Vincent Price sounding dude. And then it breaks into just this 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 jam. I mean. It is, it is quite the jam for Count Ducula, and it just gets you ready for, I'm about to see some shenanigans, and that's that's what it's all about, people. I mean, come on, that's what we're here for, shenanigans. So I'm going to take a break here, take a breather, come back, and I'm going to go through what I believe are the four best cartoon theme songs, uh, non-toy division of the 1980s, and you're going to see some of your favorites on here, but it's it's shocking to me how some of these cartoons in particular, I think we still hold fondly because of their theme songs, one in particular. Take a breather here, go get something to drink, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello all, this is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about another podcast that I do work on called High Heels and Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed uh, a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of this state, she's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because she talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Uh, Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week, and it's an incredibly great conversation. And if you're interested or know anybody that may be on High Heels in Politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, all, let's let's get to the songs that... It should be in the damn Hall of Fame. These are the songs. I'm, that's it. Whatever cartoon, wherever cartoon theme songs go, these are these are your goats. These are your no-brainers. These are your first ballots. And I don't think any of you are going to disagree with me. Now that I took The Simpsons and Scooby-Doo and Flintstones off the table, it should be zero shock what number one is. 
And I would even argue that what I think number one is, is better than those that I all just mentioned. Let's go ahead and get it started. Because as I went through all four of these, it was tough. I was, number one was absolutely just was number one. But these next three, I just, I kept moving around. I'm like, look, I got to make a decision. So you could call these all 2A, 2B, and 2C. So the first one is from Chippendale Rescue Ranger. As I was doing research on this, I completely forgot they'd recently made a movie, uh, like kind of hybrid live action animated movie. And everybody says it's really, really good. And I go back and I remember, you know, Chippendale, they were a little bit later for me. I think they premiered on the Disney Channel in like 1989 or something. I was a little aged out of it by that time. It's one of those things that I think I watched in college. And then even as an adult, like I didn't realize this until I think it's famous now that somebody pointed out. But you look at them, one of them's Indiana Jones and one of them's Magnum P.I., just the way they're dressed. But the thing I know, again, in college, seeing reruns of it, the thing that would just get me in a great mood to sit down for 22 minutes to watch two chipmunks do crazy stuff, two cartoon chipmunks, was this theme song. I mean, one minute of pure and utter adrenaline and joy. Again, really simple. I mean, there's got maybe what, like four or five. I mean, there's a whole introduction at the beginning, but then when it kicks into the chip in, Dale. I mean, this is, these songs are magical. I mean, these songs are up there with the Cheers theme or the Hill Street Blues theme. And I know some of you are like, you have lost your damn mind. But look, spending a few days listening to cartoon theme songs has just put me in a mood to be as happy as humanly possible. So let's get to the one that I was blown away. by. That. And as I dig in to do research on this, blown into how big or I mean, how many big people were involved in this show. In the 1980s, if it was an orange, fat-striped cat, it was Garfield. That's what it was. Uh, kind of a side note, if you ever just Google Garfield without Garfield, it's like watching, uh, it's like a Sartre play with John Arbuckle in the, as the center of it. It is, uh, it is definitely something worth watching. But Garfield was the big thing. And then there was Heathcliff. Or if you're somebody like me with Bloom County, there's Bill the Cat. But Heathcliff just seemed like this uh, this knockoff. And as far as I know, I don't know what came first. I actually didn't do things into that. But there was a Garfield cartoon, kind of forgettable. But then there's also a Heathcliff series. came out in 1984. Mel Blanc, the famous Mel Blanc, probably one of the most famous cartoon voiceover people ever did the voice of Heathcliff. The show is also known as Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. These adventures, and I, I vaguely remember seeing it, but I remember it was one of these shows, like, it started off 
at the peak of the mountain because when you hear this song, you're going to think that Heathcliff is the only, only fat black or fat striped cat or fight fat striped orange cat that matters. Go back to the Danger Mouse theme and how it puts you in this place. It's it's like a, a James Bond theme. That's like the happy days. <laughs> Again, it puts you in this idea. It had this very snappy doo-wop feel to it. And it was it was just amazing to me. I it's definitely, I mean, in, an incredibly good song. Even it's a song, again, you have a minute here that has acts to it. It goes, it has its like rising action and then it has the whole oh, 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 and it kind of, you know, brings you back and repeats it and gets you ready for the show. I mean, that is really an incredible piece of music. I really believe that. I think it's for, for Heathcliff. <laughs> I mean, that is unreal. Now, speaking of doo-wop though, and this was, I had to decide between these two, which one I wanted to put at like my three or two slot. And the reason why I put this one ahead of the Heathcliff song is because we all know this one. If you are listening to this, you know this. And not not only is this probably one of the all-time most famous cartoons of, of Generation X ever. I mean, just absolutely ever. But the it won multiple like Emmys awards. It won all these different awards. It was I, I would argue for the property that it was coming out of because again this wasn't here to sell toys but it was from a pretty famous pop it was from a pretty famous uh property and that was the muppets so you had had a lot of muppet movies it was part of it but i will argue for my generation i'll tell a lot of people this i think i think of the muppet babies more than i think of the actual muppets i think the muppet babies kept that series alive this cartoon started in 1984 and it ran to 1991 on Saturday mornings. I mean, it was it was huge. I think something again a lot of, it's the Muppets. I mean, we're talking about music. The the damn Muppets. They're going to make great music. You've get Rainbow Connection or I've talked about Emmett Otter. I've talked about all these different things. This is definitely a piece of Muppet music that belongs in the pantheon of all-time great songs.
I don't know what it is with the doo-wop, but I mean, if I if I look through that, that's three songs on this list that definitely come from before my generation. Maybe I need to look at that, but let, let's talk about the Muppet Baby song. Perfect. I mean, perfect. It gives you it gives you that familiarity of who the Muppets are. It highlights all the major ones. It talks about what they like. It's got it's got all this like pop culture stuff, Indiana Jones and uh, Star Wars and things in the background of it. So as as a kid, these are the things I was watching, and then I see the Muppets or the Muppet Babies doing it. It definitely left an extremely warm piece in my heart. It's it's a show that I don't think I ever admitted to people. Like I, I don't have the fanaticism with it that I would with the GI Joe or Transformers or or He Man or anything like that because I I was buying those toys. And but Muppet Babies just has a, such a great. I, I know I think they're bringing it back here, but it's such a great great feel to it and that song just puts you in the mood which is why it's so 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 good but it's not the best and i'm gonna listen out there what do you guys think the best is i already told you i'm not doing the smurfs no i i just i i know we all love it not doing the smurfs care bears that's a toy that's a toy line can't do that my little pony no again toy line i can't do that okay yes you're right the most of you out there are right. There is one, and I mean God tier, high level, not just cartoon theme song, but television show theme song. The one to slay them all, DuckTales. Life is like a People, we have to come to terms that Disney just writes the baningest of baning songs ever. <laughs> I mean, and they've been doing it forever. I mean, that is the theme music composed by Mark Mueller. Mueller, I'm sorry. He's done a few of these things. The cartoon itself was based on the incredibly famous uh, Scrooge McDuck series with uh, that Carl Banks did. And then oh, I'm going to kick myself for this, but they... There's, I want to say it was in the 70s or early 80s, The Life and Time of Scrooge McDuck, this graphic novel. Amazing. I mean, just absolutely amazing. And Huey, Dewey, and Louie and their adventures with Scrooge McDuck. And I, I think Donald Duck was their uncle. And I mean, 
the show itself was amazing. The show itself was great. But that theme, it had everything you're looking for. Because we're talking about the 1980s. That is a 1980s theme. Again, that could have been in front of any family melodrama, comedy drama type show in the 1980s. It had that feel to it. It had that cadence to it. It again, like the Heathcliff song, it had it had multiple parts to it. It built to a point. It came it came back to tell you everything. It has just that catchy that Ducktales. Woohoo! I mean, people who can write music are. I, I know we all talk about the great poets and authors of our time, but man, you gotta you gotta give it up to <laughs> these people that write these one minute theme, these one minute songs. They come into the studio, whoever who's ever singing, performing, and whatever they do, and they just put them out. These are wonderful little gems. I'm going to also do a podcast sometime about uh, video game theme music. And you think about the Mario theme in particular and how few sounds they had to deal with. I open up uh, Logic Pro on my computer here, and I've got my little uh, keyboard, uh, was MIDI keyboard that I attached to the computer. And there's thousands of sounds in there. And I cannot even come close to creating what these people do. Part of it is training, but part of it is just is genius, is pure genius. And that's kind of why I wanted to highlight these people and highlight these pieces of music in particular. Because while we think of the G.I. Joes and the Transformers and while we think of stuff like, uh, I mean, even DuckTales is well known, but we think of the Smurfs or people like me, young boys from them, we think about Voltron. Inspector Gadget is in our brain for a reason and it belongs there, but the Gummy Bears, Count Duckula. Heathcliff. I mean, these are really great pieces of music that probably, I, I don't know, I don't want to say if they, their products are good or bad or otherwise, but really captured a place and they did a great job. I mean, I got to give it up. They did a great job. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed producing it. It's, uh, I, I, I like going back to look at these things and kind of have a a picture, look at a positive picture of the things that were important to us when we were kids and take a look all these decades later and see the true value or the true artistry. And I know some of you are laughing at me, but I believe that the true artistry in this. With all that being said, thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast? Remember, we are here every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. I tease it up front here, but get ready. Ty and I are going to be talking about the Cleveland Browns football organization, Cinematic Universe. And there are four films, short films, and I've only been able to find two. So that's a little bit of a tease for you because I'm still on the search. But we're going to at the very least talk about those two, so get ready for that. And in addition to that, be nice. The spring's coming. The weather is is changing. Kids are near the end of their school year. Everybody's a little on edge. Let's relax a little bit. Let's slow down, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.